Podcast. I am your host every episode, JT Bugis. So we're coming with you today talking about structuring stress for nurses. So we're going to dive into what is stress, how do we manage it, and a little hack that may be a little bit of a surprise secret for you as to it being super effective for helping to manage stress for nurses specifically. But you might be caught off guard with this one, so stay tuned deeper into the episode. But today is all about stress adaptation. How do we manage both of those so that we can consistently make improvements even with the chaotic life of a nurse? So let's jump right in. And let's first start off with just talking about stress itself. So there's obviously different buckets of stress, physical, mental, emotional, but What I want us to understand going into this conversation is that not all stress is bad. We obviously have something called hormesis where we actually positively adapt to a stress. So there is negative stress, but there also are stresses that we put on ourselves intentionally in order to make us grow, adapt, and get better. Exercise is one of those things. Sometimes, not sometimes, Usually, we push ourselves beyond our limits with exercise, and it results in soreness, fatigue, but our body learns over time how to adapt to those things, how to get stronger, how to handle that same stimulus without getting as sore um, or as fatigued and or to improve upon it. And so stresses aren't inherently bad. They can, in fact, be very positive. Now, in order for them to be positive, we have to recover from them. So the stress timeline looks like you introduce a stress, you recover from the stress, and then you adapt to the stress. Now the issue with most people is we go, we introduce the stress, we jump over recovery, we expect adaptation. And that's just not going to happen. Without the proper recovery, we can't adapt. Because what stress does, is it takes you below your baseline. It takes you below homeostasis. When we introduce recovery, that brings us back up to our baseline. And when we introduce enough recovery, that takes us up and over baseline into what we call super compensation. This is where adaptation occurs. This is where you get stronger. This is where you experience less soreness. This is where you will get faster. This is where your body learns how to handle that stress better for the future. If we do not introduce recovery or do not introduce enough recovery, then we never get back above baseline and into that supercompensation and into adaptation. We want that adaptation though. That is why we introduce the stress in the first place, at least in terms of intentional stress, again, like exercise, like a calorie deficit, the adaptation being losing weight, like a calorie surplus, the adaptation being gaining muscle. So there's multiple different varieties of adaptations that we can look for. That's not all encompassing. But again, without the proper recovery, we're not going to get the adaptation. So we can't just introduce a stress, not intentionally or not put intention into recovery and then expect the adaptation to occur. So without the recovery, what the stress timeline looks like is stress to stress to stress to stress 
all below baseline. So you take yourself below baseline with stress. You stay there because you don't recover. You introduce another stress. You go further below baseline and you just live your life below baseline. And eventually that becomes your normal. So you're like, I totally feel fine. You don't. It's like somebody who's been eating not so well. And they're like, yeah, but like, I feel good. And then they start eating great. And they're like, holy shit, I felt awful before. This is what I should be feeling like. This is what happens when you introduce the proper recovery. You actually recover from stress and you actually adapt to the stress and you get better. So again, without that recovery, you're just living below baseline. You're just living below homeostasis, having a bad time all the time. So what this means is we have to be intentional about the stresses that we introduce. We have to be intentional about the load, the intensity, the volume of the stress that we introduce. It has to be appropriate for you and the stress that you can handle. So we don't need to go run a marathon if you haven't even run a mile. Extreme example, but... You get the point. It has to be the stress applied has to be appropriate to where you are at now. And then you can build that over time as you do a good job with recovering, with adapting, and then you can add more so that you can continue adapting over time. Kind of lost my train of thought there. But we're going to move on anyways, despite that, despite my brain fart, as I'm still stumbling for words here, but you see how, how important it is to get into recovery. And so that is a huge key. Now I picked up where we left off. We're talking about the, you know, the applied stress. So we've applied an appropriate amount of stress. Now we need to apply the same appropriate amount of recovery. And so this is where we have to be very, very intentional because again, most of us skip this step. We're like, I'm going to introduce the stress and then I'm going to get stronger from it. And it just doesn't happen automatically. So we have to recover. You have to recover just as hard as you stressed. What does that look like? Oftentimes, it's eating an adequate amount of calories. We need enough food. Food is resources for recovery. You can't get better if you're not well-fed. It's just a fact. You don't have the resources. You don't have the gas in the tank. You don't have the juice. And so protein is pretty high on the recovery list for muscular recovery, for reinforcing the structure of your physical body. Carbs are also very, very important for stress. They help with recovery from workouts. They help to restock energy stores. They help make sure that you have enough energy to simply recover. So those are going to be the two most important things. But if you're not getting just enough calories on the whole, it's going to be very, very difficult to adapt because you need maybe not a surplus of calories in order to adapt, but you need to be around maintenance. Like if you're if you're in a calorie deficit, your body just doesn't have the resources. They're just not there. It's like trying to build a house and only buying 80% of the wood you need to frame it out. Where's the rest coming from? That house isn't going to stand strong. That house isn't going to grow. That house isn't even going to be built. And the same is true for you. If you're eating only 80% of calories, you're not going to recover as well. And sometimes this is going to be intentional. You know, if you're in a fat loss phase, obviously you have to be in a calorie deficit. And so that's where other recovery modalities have to be on point in order for you to feel good while you're in a calorie deficit. But if you're not worried about that, then you do need to be worried about eating at least your calorie maintenance and giving your body the resources, the nourishment that it needs to recover and positively adapt to this stress. So one of the biggest factors for recovery is food making sure that you're getting enough, that you're fueling well enough. And chances are, 
it's more than you think it is. I can almost guarantee that. Whatever you think the appropriate amount of calories is, I bet it's going to be more. Number two is going to be sleep. Sleep is a huge piece of recovery. Without enough sleep, we're not going to grow enough muscle. We're not going to perform our best. Our mental clarity isn't going to be the best. Uh, we're not going to be able to control our hunger cues quite as well. Like sleep is the ultimate recovery hack. How do you do it? Get in bed, dummy. That's it. It helps to, you know, cool down your bedroom, to have it be blackout, to, you know, spend an, an hour before bed away from screens. But ultimately, like, spend eight hours in your bed. Because seven to nine hours is the sweet spot for quantity of sleep. So if you're in the, if you're in bed eight hours beforehand, before you need to wake up, you're probably doing great. Even if it takes you a little while to fall asleep, we just had to read for a short while, like, you're doing great. So get your sleep. Try and sleep at roughly the same time every day. So consistent bedtime, consistent wake up time, you know, plus minus an hour, stay within an hour of that goal. But if it goes way out of whack, then you're basically, in essence, jet lagging yourself. So be consistent with that. But if you're getting eight hours, and you're pretty consistent with your bedtime and wake up time, like you're doing phenomenal, you're gonna get all the benefits of sleep. So that's another piece of recovery. And then the third that I typically offer up is, is finding a way to relax. You know, at work for a nurse, it is high stress, to say the least. Like understatement of the century right there. And so you're in a stress state the entire time. And you need to get yourself out of that stressed state when you are out of work. It serves you at work. It, it does not serve you outside of work. So how are you going to transition same as recovery, that transition has to be intentional. You have to actively transition. There is no passive transition of like, as soon as I walk out those hospital doors, I'll be okay. Maybe, but probably not. Most likely not. So what are you doing to calm down after your shift? What are you doing to decompress? This really just can look like hobbies. You know, there's there's classic ways to calm down. There's meditation, there's reading books, there's journaling, all that good stuff. And that's very, very valuable. Don't get me wrong. I, like I do many of those things, most of meditation, but like there's value with those things. But also like, do you just have non-stimulatory time? Really like in today's world, that means do you have non-screen time? So do you paint? Do you draw? Do you cross-stitch? Do you read? What do you like to do? What do you like to create? Lean into those hobbies. Find something that is soothing to you, helps you wind down, helps you calm down, and use that as that tool to intentionally transition from your stress state of work into your relaxed state of outside of work. And whatever it is you choose, like pair it when you get with like being home so that you can immediately transition out of that work stress state into the relaxed state, but also it's likely a great thing to do before bed too, to transition to bedtime, to give yourself an opportunity to wind down further before you go to sleep. And that's gonna help you get into sleep faster, fall asleep faster, sleep better, wake up more refreshed. So double whammy with figuring out what it is that activity, was that thing that most helps you decompress after work. Find something. Again, try and make it. Not try and make it. 
Make it something that's not stimulating, that's not screen related, but find something you, that you enjoy. Find a hobby. Lose yourself in that. And so if we do those three things, those three things being the biggest pieces of recovery for sure, if you do those three things, that's going to be a great start. That's going to allow you to recover from the stress of work, the stress of the potential workout that day, any potential personal stress, all of the things, all of the stress. It's cumulative stress that we're trying to recover from here. But if you do those, you'll recover, and that's going to allow you to, again, to positively adapt. And then you'll get better, which is what we're aiming for. So what is the trick, the secret that you're not expecting for how to structure stress as a nurse in order to manage it even more effectively? So stay with me here because this is going to sound awful at first. Work out on your work days. So there's a lot of good rationale behind this. And you've probably, if you've been following me for a while, you've probably heard me talk about how nurses should train like athletes, nurses should eat like athletes. This idea comes, you guessed it, from athletes. So what athletes will do, or at least the ones who have good, good trainers, is they'll actually do their hardest workout on game day. Game day has the highest output. It's the hardest day of the week for them. And yet they also do their hardest workout of the week. Now, why is that? That's because it allows for variable stress throughout the week or throughout a couple weeks or whatever, whatever you're looking at. It allows there to be really high stress days and really low stress days, which is really, really key for recovery. Because if they were to say, all right, today's game day, this is high stress, we're going to do a light workout. Tomorrow, there's no game. We're going to do a heavy workout. Well, then you've got moderate to moderately high stress all the time. All the time. And if you have moderately to high stress all of the time, you don't have a recovery day. How's your body supposed to recover? It doesn't have a recovery day. We need to find a way to create low stress days. Because those are going to facilitate the most recovery. Those are going to get you back to baseline the fastest, to recharge your battery the best. You got to find a way to have that variable stress. Have a high stress day, have a really low stress day. Alternate those. Well, guess what? Work is your game day. Work is your high stress day. Work out beforehand. Stack stress on stress so that your off days can actually be recovery days. You've got enough to do on your off days to just catch up with life. So don't worry about your workouts. Do those on your work days. Because then what also happens is you get more energy for your work day because you worked out that morning. You get more mental clarity. You're going to feel a heck of a lot better on work days. And you're going to manage your stress better throughout the week because you get that variable stress. So do the most on your work days, the absolute most, pack that stress on, but then recover fucking hard. Those other days have super low stress days, really, really low intensity movement, lots of relaxation, all that meditation or painting or whatever it is that you're going to do to decompress do it all. Recover hard, stress hard, recover hard. This is how you're going to manage stress really, really well because, again, you're going to give your body resources on those off days where stress isn't piled on. 
But if you're just constantly dealing with stress throughout the week, like, good luck. That is hard. You know it's hard. You've been through it. So don't do that to yourself. Make one day really high stress. It's going to suck, but it sucks already, right? 12-hour shift, not so fun. Like, your stress is already high, but that's the point. Stack it on up, baby. It's already going to be a stressful day. What's more? It's going to increase your resilience that day, and it's going to increase your recovery the next day. So win-win. So that's the secret. It sounds terrible, right? Like, to try and have to figure out a way to work out on your work days, whether that's before or after shift, you know, either that's getting up really early or hauling your ass to the gym after work when it's probably the last thing that you want to do. So I'm not saying that this is an easy thing to do by any means. And I'm also not saying that it is the thing that you have to do. Is it potentially the optimal thing? Yes. Is it the most practical thing for you? Maybe or maybe not. I don't know. I'm not talking to anyone specifically right here, so I can't tell you. Only you can tell me what's going to be most practical for you. But if it gets in the way of your consistency, then it's probably not practical. It's better to be consistent with your workouts than try and do the optimal thing and end up being inconsistent. So while it may be optimal, we have to ask if it's also practical. If it is practical, then do it because it is optimal. So there's that inherent balance, and only you know best what is going to best work for you. So just because, again, something is optimal doesn't mean that you have to do it. If you can find a way to do it, let's go. Because it's going to serve you really, really well. But this is not to say that you must do this. It is just to say that this is something that can help you if it's not something that you're already doing. So give yourself that variable stress. But as we really learned throughout this episode, which we're going to wrap up here because I've been talking for too long, is we got to recover hard regardless of how you actually end up structuring your workouts, structuring your stress. Recovery has to be a huge piece of the pie because without it, you're never going to feel your best. You're never going to adapt. You're not going to get the positive changes you want. You're going to feel constantly worn down. So get your recovery up. That alone will help. If you can also throw in this secret sauce strategy to work out on your work days, even better. But first and foremost, recover like a boss. If you do that, you're going to have a much easier time managing stress, experiencing less of it. If you can throw in this hack to work out on your work days, you're going to have a more structured stress that is going to also allow you to recover better. But at the end of the day, we want you recovering from stress because we want you adapting to stress and we want you getting better. So, I hope this episode was really helpful for you guys and shed some light on some ways that you can structure stress so that you can experience less. If it was helpful, do me a favor and just share the show. Share it with a friend. Shoot it over to them. Share it on social media. I don't care how. I would just greatly appreciate it if you did share the show. And I greatly appreciate you tuning in and giving me your time and attention. So thank you very much for that. And we'll be back with more next week. Thank you.